0: Hey there, Shopping Mix. You're listening to another episode of Shop Talk Show. Hard step edition of the Shop
1: Talk Show. I'm Dave Reber with me. It's Chris Coyier.
0: Hey, Chris Coyier. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing super good good, 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 good. good. Got a good, uh we reached into the cookie jar. Tell me. Tell me. Have, have I have you ever
0: watched the Nickelodeon classic Salmon Cat uh featuring Ariana Grande?
1: <laughs> Ariana Dark. <laughs> Grande talks like this. It's really weird. I didn't I don't know why she did that for four seasons. It's bizarre.
0: It's weird. Anyway, that's all I have to share. My daughter started watching it and I'm like, it's cool, except why does she talk like that?
1: Anyway. Isn't hey. she like a famous singer too? Yeah, right? she's famous. Like, she's
0: very famous. And, and, and definitely
1: uh, doesn't talk like that. Definitely in real life. does not
0: talk like uh hmm. somebody uh <laughs> I don't know who's got This from uh,
1: 2013, which is not that long ago. Is it like why doesn't Nickelodeon have its own do they not have enough IP to make their own streaming thingy that you have to subscribe to separately? Oh, they do. They do. It's on the Paramount
0: Plus, I think. Is uh they're part of the Paramount family with CBS. Um
1: Yeah, except for the Sam and Cat shows on Netflix. So maybe they Yeah, have fun. I think they like offload a few
0: to, you know, as advertising almost. <laughs> like get you to like i don't know or aria ariana grande does a netflix deal and that comes with it or something i don't know there's there's all kinds of who knows it's
1: complicated
0: she talks like this all right that was a really (laughs) welcome to a web design show i know we just did a whole ariana grande segment but you know there Mm. we go Mm.
1: yeah Yeah. that's what you're gonna get she talks like this Jan Willem Kalkman writes in, I built a website for a customer. Hey, we've all been there, right? You more than me. WordPress site over the last year, worked for them for years, which is great. I hope you're billing them monthly. They add a bunch of features. Not a big deal. Total custom theme. Minimal bloat. But over the years, it's getting a little more bloaty. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Now, the latest round of changes, this is what they want to do to the WordPress site that's already getting a little more bloat. They're requesting a bunch of cool landing pages. And these landing Mm -hmm. pages have new flashy designs that deviate from what's going on on the rest of the site. So, Mm -hmm. one-offs, kind of, right? So, Mm -hmm. Jan's like, what do we do? Do we go SSG and just kind of like make a one-off? totally outside of the realm of whatever else is going on there and then just like use the same scripts. You know, he says use the same GTM, which means Google Tag Manager, which means, you know, then it's tracking the analytics and all the crap the same way, which is no problem, right? You just put that yeah, one yeah. script and share the same script across two. But he's like, well, then that creates two code bases. So, like, is that <laughs> is that the way to go or or not? Or should I just like... I guess, continue doing it in WordPress. Um, I'd be curious your answer, Chris. I would, I would do it in WordPress because it's an assumption that you all everything WordPress has to come along for the ride when you make a page, but it's totally not true. If you make a page in WordPress and you call it page-XXX or whatever, then you publish a page called XXX, you don't even have to write any code. It will just use that template. And that template could have the word fart in it, and fart will come to your browser. Like, no Mm -hmm. WordPress anything comes along for the ride. WordPress... Stuff comes along for the ride when you start calling like get header and get footer and stuff, and it starts ejecting content. All. Yeah. yeah, so just don't do that. Now you haven't totally avoided WordPress because it's still going to like end up making like one query and stuff by default. But assuming you have some caching in front of it, maybe you have Cloudflare in front of it anyway. It's irrelevant what WordPress is doing behind the scenes. It's super lightweight, and that's your entry point then for something else now do why would you need an ssg an ssg implies you need a build thing and you're gonna have multiple pages that need to be built i'd say you don't you definitely don't need the ssg you need a one pager just handcraft some html from the doc type on down in that custom page template Named specially .php, you can use a little WordPress stuff if you want to, but you don't have to use a single thing. Just handcraft these 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 landing pages with your GTM at the bottom. If you absolutely have to, if you must use that Probably piece of crap. Probably for landing pages, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely need a little little tracky trackies on there. Um yeah just don't leave WordPress but just make a, a a custom custom one page site in there and it sounds like there's a bunch of them, so just do it individually each time seems fine to me,
0: yeah I was gonna say you could just hand author the page you could put in a an whatever about html and the the root of your wordpress
1: project i don't
0: think they recommend that but you totally can and, oh, and um, it'll serve
1: that yeah it will and it'll
0: serve that uh, you may have to hack around with the the what you about call it, access the, the to get HD it to... access because i think it tries to route everything right through um index.php but yeah but but the page slash dash about or whatever let's come up with a cooler landing page slash Uh, product led growth. There it is. That's it. That's a cool term. Uh, page slash product led growth and people land there and, uh, at the product led growth slug. And there you go. You have like, you have that. I would, I would totally code in there. And then if it's a handful, like figure it out, but you could kind of go one more next level. You ready? Go one more next level. Okay. And Come up with a set of marketing components or something that are like a design system. Convert them to blocks. Just build the pages in Gutenberg. Like, well, yeah, sure. And, and like, give it its own like you know blank template. You know, I I do this for my blog sometimes. You know, it's like I have a blank template, and if I really just want to go wild, the I can blank just...
1: template. There needs to be a blog post and some research on it. We could do a whole show on that. Everybody in the history of time. Eventually, a CMS has a blank template.
0: Blank template, man. And we literally for Luro, we were talking about it the other day because because yeah. we we have a flow, right? Like a you start here and end here, and you have to complete it. If you don't, like if you just start clicking around mid flow, you kind of mess up the flow, right? So we have to kind of lock you into this flow, um, and so. Uh, I think uh, I just went through, we use Gusto. Have you heard of Gusto? I'm going to put a link yeah. in the referral with a referral like the, code because I get the payment thing gusto yeah. credits it's like basically hr like an hr software Robin Rendell used to work it's there
1: It's hr that's amazing and is like 20 dollars a month i don't i have no idea how they get away with that if gusto 10x to their prices they would lose like two customers because it's so useful don't please don't
0: tell them that but yes you're correct <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, because i mean too it's like we're a four person company right five person company and we need an hr department you know what i mean like that just yeah. tells you, like, all the crap, like, all, all it takes. And so, anyway, Gusto has a really good onboarding. But but what you log into Gusto and it, like, doesn't let you do anything until you finish out, f- like, filling out your profile, filling out, you know, all your, yeah. your junk. And then it's like, do you want to do this or do you want to skip and do it later? Um, so they they have a blank template somewhere in there. Or you, the other option is to do it in a modal that you can't close. Like, whatever. So, um <laughs> So the blank template, blank template is power template, powerful template. So it's basically just your CSS file and your maybe some social metadata way to put yeah. some stuff
1: in the head. It can grow so. too. I, I used to have a blank, and then I had blank with sidebar. That I blank link, with sidebar, you know, yeah. Blank with header or whatever that could that would use some of the site, but otherwise be be white. You know, people don't talk about the blank template, don't they? No, they don't. They don't. That the would be an bar. awesome blog post. All right. The blank
0: template. You'll do it before I do because you're better at blogging.
1: (sighs) You're good at blogging. (laughs) I'm more. The problem is, I have these good ideas and then I half ass them.
0: Well, no, (laughs) you do it. I hit the publish button, you hit the publish button, but you are good at doing it, but you're you're the appropriate amount of assing. I am over assing. (laughs) I I sit there and I'm like, let me write a a grand treatise upon uh, which I shall pontificate (laughs) (laughs) the wondrous (laughs) glories of the blank template. Yes, let me research time and history. And it's just not worth it.
1: It happened to me this morning, though, because I I had this idea that because I was in I was annoyed at Facebook because they – There's six tabs across the bottom of your mobile Facebook app. I'm sure most of you have deleted Facebook. That's fine. I haven't yet, but it's not because I like Facebook, yada, yada. I'm not going to explain my whole life to you. The problem is you open Facebook, even you do it once in a while, there's like this watch tab in the bottom, and you click that, and it's just dumb clickbait videos that you swipe through forever because everybody's scared of TikTok, you know, so you got to have that. But they'll, they'll force you to click on it almost because it'll have a little red dot on it. It's like, you have an unwatched video, even though these videos aren't from people people you follow or anything. They're just from the global world of watchable videos. And I started to get annoyed by that, you know, because even I'll get sucked into it. And it'll be like four minutes of a, of a of some guy making a food contraption or something. It doesn't even have a satisfying ending or something. And all the comments are like, four minutes wasted of my life. And I'm like, yeah, I actually kind of agree with you. Why did I waste mm-hmm. my life watching it? So I'm like, and then, then there's Marketplace, too. And I click on Marketplace and it's like, does somebody want like a dirty cigar box? Or something, you know. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Why am? I, why did I click that? Why did I click any of this? And I, you. Know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, long press on there, thinking, maybe just maybe they built something to customize this, and you can. There, it just pops right up and it says hide hide this or remove this from the shortcuts bar. They call it. I'm like, oh okay. And then I did it for marketplace huh. too, and now my Facebook's like really nicely cleaned up, and I'm like, that's good. Good job, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you can use the
0: parts of Facebook you you care about. You don't have to use all of Facebook, or you're not confronted with all of Facebook.
1: You just get the parts you care. No, about. you don't. And I, it just it just seemed nice. Turns out Twitter has it too in Twitter Blue, which is five bucks a month. So if you want that, then you can you know, whatever. And at first I didn't think you could. And then it was actually our very podcast editor who reminded me, thanks Chris, that you could do that. And I popped into the Twitter blue settings and I turned off spaces because I, it's not, I don't hate spaces as a product, but every time there's a freaking space, it's about crypto on my thing. And every time I'm like, who is it? And I unfollow anybody that, cause I just, I feel like I'm just not ready. Like I, whatever, I'm trying to be a little middle ground on I, but it's either crypto or it's
0: Kelsey Hightower and Angie Jones talking about like back end stuff I don't understand. (laughs) So (laughs) that would be nice. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's cool, but I and I've hung out there for about exactly five minutes and then I'm like, I'm I'm so out of my league here. So
1: Right. I get some like entrepreneurial kind of like picture stuff, stuff. Never anything just casual, interesting, good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's your your ball game. But Anyway, I hide spaces. Don't need that. Yeah. And I hid something else, too. I can't even remember. I think it was my communities because I'm in a couple, but I don't. I'm not active in any of them, and they're useless to me. Communities, I kind of skipped,
0: but I I don't know. Maybe I want to be in some, but it also just seemed like another list I needed to pay attention to. They seem deadsville.
1: I've never, I haven't been in any that, I've been in one of those lots of people in it, and nobody's saying anything other than once in a while it'll be like, "Uh, does anybody need a job, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> which is it like so hard community. shop talk community there we go man
1: that's maybe it. we have so. one in discord that's pretty hot pretty hot yeah that's it it would yeah it would be competing with the, the discord but it would. so I hide it right and then I put in because twitter blue gives you top articles which is pretty cool actually uh, You know, just just like guarantee you're not going to miss any hot news, you know. Like I pop mine open, it's like, oh, everybody's talking about WP Engine buying Delicious Brains, which just bought ACF. So Advanced Custom Fields has transferred hands twice now in, what, six months or less?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know. Um, I know people are concerned, I should say, right? Because, yeah, whenever your favorite thing gets acquired by like digital ocean or something, you know, mm. <laughs> no. well, whenever something gets acquired, I think people like <laughs> naturally kind of like say like, what's going on, you know, um, or how is this going to affect me? You know? And, but I don't know. I, I'm, I know like, it's also hard to run a small company and do all the support tickets and requests and stuff like that. And cause you don't have that infrastructure when you're selling, WordPress plugins, you know, like yeah. one, one at a time. And so, you know, how do you, how do you do that? What's you know?
1: one that's really gone bad lately? I feel like in my world, my acquisitions have mostly gone okay lately, you know, starting with, you know, I think it's funny that I worked for Wufu, it gets acquired and it's pretty much the same today as <laughs> same it was. product today as it is, yeah. It's old, you know, and certainly CSS Triggs is at the moment. Like Vine,
0: is like the odd number one probably oh that just gets
1: trashed gone i mean literally shut off
0: and then like prematurely kind of you know it's kind of like at a good hype cycle you know and then they're just like we're not doing it anymore so i mean i think they were having some community problems and stuff like that but you know or or Vine Stars wanted to be
1: paid because they were driving a bunch of traffic. So <laughs> who to
0: thunk, you know?
1: But um, I was thought Flywheel was such a cool company. When I needed a new host at CSS Tricks, I I I think I ended up reaching out to them, or some some kind of serendipity happened because I was such a big fan of their WordPress hosting and their 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 local product for spinning up WordPress sites. Still incredible. They're doing a great job. They were bought by WP Engine, and to my eyes is nothing but better. So when mm-hmm. I see this one, I'm like, oh, all you've done is good by me, as far as I can tell, WP Engine. In in a weird way, as much as I love, like, Brad and Delicious Brains and all that, great products for WordPress, they don't have the firepower that WP Engine has. To me, it almost makes it feel like ACF is safer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, like... um, there's another one, uh, modules. Um, did you, you ever see that? It was like kind of like a website builder with components or something. Um, they got acquired by somebody. Um, it was kind of just like a React like page builder kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah. but I think it got bought by like an email company, like a uh, like a. You know, oh, interesting contacty kind of company. You know, but um, I can't. Yeah, but anyway, acquisitions are definitely kind of in the air. I, I feel like, and so uh, I don't
1: know. especially in WordPress land, it's been like the story of WordPress the last year or two is just an absolutely incredible amount of acquisitions. F- fueled me with a little jealousy for a little while, but I'm over well, it. Well, I'm just
0: man. I like. I'm also just like. I don't know. I'm on team. Like when, when somebody comes knocking, just say, yeah, (laughs) like sell, you
1: know, but
0: that's not like the total thing, but just, just like, you know, I I mean, like, or take it very seriously, you know, don't, don't be like, no, man, we're going to change the world and shoot the moon and you know, what, all that, like you're just trying to get through it, you know? So uh, whatever makes your life easier. So then that's
1: the stuff we do I agree. Life is fun too. There's so much crap to do in the world. Like that's your ticket. You got a free ticket to go do, to do a new thing, which is so you've been working on
0: advanced custom fields for like 15 years, you know, or WP migrate, you know, yeah. uh, uh, still don't know what it's called. WPDB Migrate Pro. Did I get it first try?
1: Yeah. Thanks for sponsoring the I podcast. I wonder how excited <laughs> they were about owning that versus ACF, you know, which was, I mean, certainly they were both interesting, but I bet they mostly wanted ACF. I hate to say that, but ACF is just so big. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it's just almost indispensable to WordPress. Yeah. I, it's, it really changes the quality of, of the CMS.
1: So It almost seemed like, a, oh, we didn't know that was for sale. <laughs> is it still for sale? Right. Yeah, well, okay. it's
0: like you've been working on that problem for a long time and, you know, and I just, you know, there's what what people don't get too is like personal stuff, you know, like, I mean, especially with these small acquisitions, like, man, what, what if somebody's like partner got sick or a kid got sick and they're like, dude, I just like need to not think about this and have healthcare and a steady paycheck. Like that's number one, one, two and three and four and five priorities, right? Like taking care of my family. So like we don't know that. You know what I mean? Like um or or maybe they're great at doing WordPress plugins but they're not great at company building. And so the uh, the other option is it just goes away down the toilet. So cuz they rage quit, you know? We don't know that. So mm. it, like that stuff doesn't get into the to the press release. So uh, no. I don't I'm not speaking from experience, but I'm just like uh, like I know something but like it's just that's like We don't see those that those factors in the press release, you know,
1: so. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by another podcast, another podcast that just so happens to be even a little bit older. Then Chop Talk Show. And we've been here for 10 years. For over a dozen years, the Stack Overflow podcast has been exploring what it means to be a developer and how the art and practice of software programming is changing our world. From Cobalt to containers, from Rails to React, the Stack Overflow podcast is the best place to learn what's happening in the world of software development. Each week, you'll hear from working developers and leaders from top technology companies hosted by Ben Popper, Cassidy Williams, Matt Kiernander, and Siora Ford. The Stack Overflow podcast is your home for all things code. New episodes twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for the support. There's a lot under the scenes. I'll tell you that there wasn't actually that much in mine that goes unreported, other than like big stuff, like what the total dollar amount was and stuff. But there was not a lot of like secret stories to it. I don't, I don't think. But I know for sure that there, if you knew every detail of every acquisition, it would be shocking. You know, like there's a <laughs> that would be, I don't know, good if you if there was some kind of publication that could show you the fly on the wall stuff of how the talks actually went down and what the details were, it would be shocking, I think.
0: And I wish we used like, like, like real estate terms. Like it was a short sale, which means it was going out of business and they just had to offload it. You know, investors wanted to offload it or whatever, or it was a bank sale, like the bank, yeah. actually, the, the investors repossessed the property and they sold it for a penny, you know, just to get, you know, the money back, you know. So, you know, I wish there was clearer terms, too. Or this was purely yeah. a talent acquisition, hire kind of thing. Or, you know, uh, not... Well, mostly I'm interested in who's happy and who ain't. <laughs> who's happy and who's not? Or was it beneficial? Or was it like a, like, is it a sad story? Or is it a nice story? Or is it, you know, like, I, I guess it's probably always a nice story. Like, when... Somebody gets Ooh. something
1: they want, and yeah, I guess not always, right? But it depends on who you are. are. You the are you the the front end developer they hired four months ago, or are you the, the first investor? or Are you the CEO? Or are you the... true? True. There's a lot of different parties, right? So I, I just, but it it would be neat to, I and mean, it can be complicated. Maybe you're happy because you got some money, but you got you know five year handcuffs. You know, are you really happy? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. No. It's it's tough when your favorite stuff disappears,
0: but that's... Or, like, now the future is uncertain and different, you know? So All
1: right. Ricardo G. writes in, uh, JavaScript testing ellipsis. Where to start? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What are some high-level concepts I should understand? What library should I be using? What types of tests do I need to consider? I'm getting started with testing, and I'm a bit overwhelmed. Thanks. You know, we've talked about on this show that... I still believe this pretty strongly, that one integration test goes a hell of a long way. You know, you write a test that... goes to your homepage and tests for some H1 on your homepage and returns true or false whether it found it or not. There's a hell of a lot of stuff going right if that test passes. So that's pretty cool. That's an integration the test the that doesn't have a lot to do with JavaScript. It might feel pretty JavaScript-y if your site is JavaScript rendered. So like mm-hmm. that's kind of, it kind of is actually a JavaScript test if that's the case. You know, it's hard to even know what you mean by JavaScript testing. There's very definitely JavaScript that you can write that's like, it really doesn't have anything to do with the UI or the rendering of the site. Let's say you have a JavaScript function that finds some particular part of a URL that's important to you. Let's say, you know, your website is dave.com slash users slash XYZ slash first or something, and you need XYZ out of that. Chances are you're going to have to write some logic. Congratulations, you're a JavaScript developer. You're going to write logic that parses that url you're probably going to use some native functions to you know extract the host and remove it and find the path and split the path on the slashes and find the second match in the path and make sure that you write the regex correctly and that it matches dashes too because dashes are okay in urls and it's all this stuff right so you write a function and it's called get user id You should test that function, and you should write the test that throws at it a bunch of weird stuff, malformed URLs, really long usernames, usernames with emojis in them, who knows what that you expect to happen. That's something like Jest territory, You know, and there's competitors to it, but Jest is pretty darn popular. So you call your, you write a Jest test as a separate JavaScript file. It's probably called something like gitslug.test.js. It has its own little scaffolding where you import your exported function from git slug which means wow surprise you had to write git slug method in an exportable way so if you didn't and it was just kind of baked into some other logic you have to go aha i shall extract the git slug logic into its own function to make it testable you're not doing that just for the test by the way it's actually improved your code too So Mm -hmm. congratulations, you've done that. Then at the command line or something in CI or whatever, you call, you run the test, which is some kind of, you know, just run X or whatever. And then it will will throw all that weird stuff, your emoji test and your dash test and all that stuff at that function and it'll tell you if it passes or not. That's great to do once while you're working on it, but then you wire it up so that it runs before any Git, commits happen. It runs after the commit happened, once it is arrived up at your GitHub repository with your GitHub Action or whatever. You, you run those tests as often as you possibly can because they're just going to protect you for the rest of your life, <laughs> you know? And if it ever breaks, you have this great moment where you're like, yes, I'm actually glad that test failed because it means I screwed something up and it's preventing that screw up from making it to production. So that's my whole spiel there, I guess. Yeah,
0: uh, I, I agree. I, like just I'll say, um, I think Jest has problems, but you don't find out about those until a bit later in the journey. So like Jest is is really great. The test, is that right? That's the Vit based test framework. It's yeah. super, very nice. And I would definitely I it. use it.
1: Uh, but... Uh, they I'm tell you literally it. not to use it, don't they? Or is it well? Is it they past say that point? don't
0: use this in production. Yeah, I think it says like this is still a work in progress. Actually, they're not. They took uh, down look. the big warning sign,
1: didn't hey, they? Hey, test then, um, and also this new history and the new storybook that's by everything's everything's got to be Vite powered. Now, right? it's like that's the new startup is. A is, thing that already exists, but with Vite. Uh, yeah, or Vite. Sorry.
0: Yeah, X plus Vite is the new dev tools cool. startup. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, like I, I think like the test, it has a bit. More ergonomics and it works better with modern JavaScript. That's that's what, what I'd say there. Just the distinction.
1: Yeah. Do you remember? How, see how effortlessly I said, "Oh, just export your git slug function and import it in the test." Oh, surprise! Actually, yes. Jess six sort of hates that. So. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. sorry. I think they're kind of coming around at it now. But yeah, that's not actually a thing. But no, But but there's there's ways. But it, it's yeah. Um, there is there is. But it's
0: there, sure. like. Uh, I think jest is really great for like a lot of my tests in my, my Nuxt app are like, okay, I'm going to mount. And that's like a view test utils thing, but I'm going to mount this component, right? Like my action header component. And does it exist? Like, (laughs) like that's just the, the test basically is like, did it even load up on the page? And like, yes, it did. Awesome. Great. We win, you know, like, Like, just so it's just kind of really small, but stupid, but, but it it makes a big difference to like, you just know, like, if this shows up on the page, it's going to show up. And then I can get more granular about like, is the functionality actually working? Like, does it have a button? Does it, uh, can it optionally have a button, you know? So, um, and then you throw a code at it to try to make it break, you know? So I had a big one where like. Like, if you're adding, like, related posts to a post or whatever, like, uh, just making sure they all showed up and they are all in order and they all, like, made sense, you know? Like, that was kind of a hard little solve, but I got it solved, you know? So, um that's something to think about, too, is, like, how do you get it to, you know, all relate together? So, um uh, and, but I use testing to kind of work on that and then make sure I don't break it as I'm working on it, so. But I would be curious, what would you use for that integration test, the the like, you, Chris Coyier, if you are like, does Page exist or does H1 exist? Would you use like Cypress or something like that? Or what would you?
1: Uh, I, I'm kind of excited about dipping my toes back into Cypress because it's honestly been a couple of maybe even years and they've been hard at work making Cypress better. And not that it was bad before, but I had a few roughy, edgy cases that I'm like less worried about now. So I'm kind of excited about writing a bunch of Cypresses next time I have a good opportunity to do so, because I think it's a really great product. But in those couple of years, they have more competitors now too, you know? I just heard from one that reached out, maybe they'll sponsor the show, but they haven't yet. Reflect.run looks super okay. very similar to Cypress. Uh, Cypress notably like wrote their own like language kind of, you know, which would be a little hard to like part of me is like, do I like that or do I not like that? You know, like all their APIs Mm. were like, cy dot do something. I'm like, why did you do that? Yeah, maybe. But so uh, there's some level of buy in you know but what is yeah this pretty
0: Reflect looks pretty good too but i what what's neat about those tools uh is like they you can pull that down and they give you a little like almost like a browser and you like go through and just click the stuff you want to test and say yes make sure it exists or make sure this clicks or whatever. And
1: you don't have to do that. That's kind of, it's nice for to open the door for people that don't necessarily like write a bunch of JavaScript or whatever, but
0: right. So like, that would be a good place to start. Um, I'm kind of spoiling Kent C Dodd's course, (laughs) Um, but one place he starts is static testing, which is a different kind of testing, but linting and like getting prettier and JS lint and stuff like that set up on your local computer um and then in your build processes and stuff like that so that's another form of testing that can just kind of open the door to like ah oh, isn't this nice like we don't actually need to think about formatting cuz i hit save and the document formats itself correctly like so chris and i don't have to argue about spaces after you know yeah. <laughs> spaces between class names and brackets you know like we it's just it's solved by the linter you know so and if we didn't solve it, then like then it doesn't matter. So there you go. Don't <laughs> code reviews are better now. So
1: Yeah, I think that stuff's pretty huge. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. That that kind of like we all agree on what linters we're using right. We all agree on what formatters we're using right. That stuff can cause, you know, you're never gonna like miss a semicolon ever again. Cause it's it's just gonna be fixed or
0: well and even my my linters like in, and, and I think it's Veter or you know, the next one, it like doesn't require it, like prefers no semicolons, like it's kind of the extreme one. And I'm like, whatever, fine, <laughs> that's great, let's do that. And then, yeah,
1: so right. as yeah. long as we all agree, because that's the tricky part sometimes, yeah, so. Uh pretty cool. Let's see. Do it. There's another question, isn't there?
0: Yeah, we got another one from Josh Pullen writes in I have been on the Nux.js train for a while uh because I love front end dx it provides. Uh but I have another site running Django and I really love that Django gives me built-in admin dashboard that I can use and manage yeah. users and user generate content. Are there any tools like this in JS Land? Seems like Sanity can manage content website content, but what about the users and their
1: data? Dude, yeah, like this is a classic this is a classic thing. Yeah, are there some stuff? Strappy, Keystone. Yeah, there are. But you know, maybe not as just popular for who knows what reason. They probably deserve to be, if you ask me. Uh, you know, yeah. The, the difference i just went
0: through all this right like yeah. <laughs> with like um like comparing like rails and like build in nuxt right like uh you know the the thing about node is it's like for better or for worse it's all like byo crap like anything you want to bring it's byo right like bring your own admin stuff, admin tooling, whereas like Nuxt and, or sorry, Rails and Django are just like, oh, you get it out of the box or it's like one gem away and it's the first party gem or it's like a first party gem and everybody uses this gem anyway. There's zero Google results for any other gem. It's just this one. So use this one, right? But in in JavaScript land, I think it's because we like to reinvent a lot it's like, oh, use this new thing, you know, that no one's ever done before, but well, you know, like, um,
1: yeah, so, I, uh, Strappy's cool, Keystone's cool. Um, yeah, you already mentioned Sanity, but Sanity's like a not built into either of those two. It's just like, we'll host your CMS over here, and then you hit those APIs with whatever you want. It tends to resonate with Nodey people, I think, more so than other languages, for whatever reason. But it's not necessarily required, I'd say. Um, it it here is the the thing, though: the world of like CMS stuff is just way better in PHP land. They're just way ahead as far as like great CMSs are concerned, and way behind as far as DX is concerned. And Node, JavaScript land, is way ahead as far as site building and DX is concerned and way behind as far as CMSs are concerned. It's just a weird place on planet Earth right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would super agree. I mean, there's just, like,
0: there's, there's all this tooling. There's tooling everywhere, but some of it is, like, very like accessible and out of the box. And then some of it's like kind of hidden somewhere and, and you have to build it and integrate it and do all
1: this stuff, so. um There's always some extra assumptions too, cause I said just PHP, but PHP got away with being like, oh, but you need database, right? They're like, oh yeah, definitely MySQL though too. <laughs> like, right, right, Whereas right. now they're in JavaScript land, now that we've questioned the language that we're writing our CMS in at, at all, The the, the data source tends to be questioned, too. They're like, there's not a lot of, like, node plus MySQL. Not none, but people are much more likely to be like, oh, this is node but plus Mongo or plus, you
0: know. For a long time, it was the mean stack, right? Like Mongo, Express, Angular, and whatever ends Mm. node. Uh, (laughs) Right. And so you're just like, Like we had a whole world where that was the stack, you know, and yeah.
1: So I'm sure Mongo is still extremely popular, but I think the the rough edges of its migrations and such have (laughs) tempered its growth, perhaps.
0: Yeah, put people. Yeah, it, it. I I remember being very excited about it, but then I heard a few stories. But yeah, that's not. Not to say it's bad. I just, you know,
1: you you hear a story and you think about it a lot. You know, yeah. At the moment, I'm feeling pretty off. The like, just put Jason somewhere. Mm -hmm. No. Um. (laughs) Whatever. There's there's reasons. I'm not I'm not an expert in that world anyway, so don't listen to me. But
0: yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think there's ways to do it. I I think you just kind of have to like unfortunately bring your own and that's that's maybe one like criticism you know for me but you know i've also seen i will say i've seen some like no code tools um what is this one i think it was called retool.com so oh yeah
1: they've uh, sponsored the show before too they?
0: oh awesome um well, thanks for sponsoring the show. Uh, but like, it'll connect to your, your code base and then you like drag and drop some components
1: to like build your own ad, admin interface. And so- It's pretty genius. Because they're like, we we built like a bootstrap. But then they're like, oh, but what if we just like also built some data integrations around the bootstrap and, and made like drag and dropy put these components on a page. And it turns out, yeah, that was a really good idea. <laughs> Oh, I just, I like, cause we,
0: you know, we said, we kind of went down this process with Lero of like, are we going to rebuild it in rails just cause there's like stuff like admin tooling and Redis queues and, you know, just stuff like that, like all built in. Right. Like, um, and it was like, oh man, are we going to like go down this path or are we going to like stay on node and like keep doing what we're doing? That's what we decided to do. But we like give up this kind of admin tooling, like user management, you know, Like, you know, even a button to like force send a password reset or something over a phone, which is probably a security loophole, but you know, just stuff like that, you know, like how do we do that? Um, But then I was like, oh, well maybe these tools like retool might be a really good way to like build a, like a, uh, uh, build a database or build like a, a customer database or something or, you know kind of get a survey, high-level look at, like, what's happening in the app, you know, as a whole, you know, just just with zero lines of code, basically, so. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, and that's their marketing pitch, too, is that kind of, why would you build your own admin? You have better work to do here, you know, which is true, you do, so. Maybe use this instead. I don't really, you know, we have our own custom admin, and it feels kind of good now, but we've, you know, we're 10 years in, so we had a little time to do it. But it's because we have this internal GraphQL API, and it feels good to use it, you know, with the goal of the site using the same API. And then guess what it was built from? The same UI components that build the site. So, like, we have all these pretty robust bricks that we use. So like you use the bricks, you know, so, use the same good. bricks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that too. I mean, we could totally reuse bricks or whatever, but you know, this will be something we have to do. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, this is interesting to me from a, like, you know, I could probably just kind of build out my own thing in in an afternoon or something kind of like very loosely get started and figure out like what, you know, it like, it has tables, lists,
1: charts. That's like almost all I need, <laughs> you know, forms. like, And then you click into the thing. You're like, oh, where, where's all my users? Oh, here they are in the table with all their things. And then, oh, I need to change somebody's email address. I can just click into that. It becomes editable. Change it. Hit the return key. and it And it sends it back to the database. I am curious about where that code goes. Because how do you tell it how your API works? Where does that code go? I don't know that you know. Right. Well, and it may just hot hot link
0: into the database. I don't know. I might not. Using, you might not have
1: to write any because it's. Yeah, just, yeah.
0: I mean, it has a Postgres connection, I assume. But um, the what but was interesting is um I'm using Prisma. I've talked about it before in our database, cool database uh, backend energy show. Um, but it has a Prisma Studio thing npx prisma studio which pulls up like a basically a a database visualizer and you can like view your tables and like edit things and save it automatically and stuff like that commit the change
1: um it's super cool because it's like just assumes absolute god permissions to all that data It just yeah yeah
0: yeah it's kind of got god god spot so um (laughs) it's you know but it what's what's neat is i don't know like you know, I can in theory use this to kind of get a loose, you know, collection. Cause like, what do I care about? It's like how many widgets have people used and how many, you know, I don't like want to suss out everybody's data, but like how many users do we have and can I update a user if I need one or force a password reset on everybody? Can I do that? If I can, awesome. Like that's, those are the things I care about, you know? So Mm -hmm. Um, and then a chart and a graph to see like, is it, do we have more users over time? You know, like, can we just by the created at stamp, you know, like, can we just do that? Do we see users go up or users go down? That's, is that, that's all I care about.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So you need some, you got to build your, your OKR charts, you know?
0: Yeah. What, <laughs> I, what are my OKRs? And then can I make this chart trick it t- to show exactly what I want? Yeah, that's great. So
1: maybe that stuff can get tricky, you know, because if it's like, I oh, don't want to email subscribers, but your email subscribers is a, is a, you know, boolean in your database. Boolean doesn't have a created at, you know, <laughs> you got to like tr- save that piece of data over time. It's tricky. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, how do you get like you didn't? Yeah, you didn't like save
0: the timestamp when they added the checkbox right so
1: yeah just to prove that this is in the water there's one a question from Joran Van He I know you have a hard stop dude no, no oh, yes. but it's, he wants to know about Remix versus Rails and Laravel you know and I've, sometimes I feel weird talking about these technologies all the time I've never even spun up a Remix site but I'm more and more compelled by it it really seems like they're doing a lot of great work and using the platform and all that allowing you static generation but leaning into servers and everything that just seems like a really good idea at the moment, but, like, it is pretty similar to Laravel, you know? The difference being that Remix can generate absolutely static HTML that you could deploy in an absolutely static CDN-backed kind of way, whereas Laravel just, like, can't do that. It's like it hits PHP to do what it's doing. So you're in PHP town and stuff. The the value, I think, is pretty similar-ish, although... Oh no! I think Laravel probably has more database-specific helper stuff to build something app-like. You know, as Remix is helping you render pages of a website. You know, they do have fancy data adapter stuff, but it's not like database method helpers. It's like, what is it like to get the data once I know how to retrieve it? and put it in state and such
0: i would use remix when like a data source already exists and i'm building something on top of that you know but it's not the main thing i would absolutely like you think of like a health services company right and we're actually we're just doing the covid19 appointment scheduler and it's got to be up it's got to be good it like we we want to use React components and stuff like that. Like Remix is probably a really good choice, just because it's like going to be like sturdy, reliable, and delivered fast and as fast as possible, right? Um, but you're not, you know, you're you're not fully tied into the entire health services company dashboard or, or like c- CRM or c- scheduling tool. You're just hitting some API calls. Like I think. I know what Remix can do more, but like that's like a really good place for it, you know? Like you're you're tying into something that exists. I think Laravel is really good for like when it already when you're building the thing, when you're building the health services platform, like that's a great place for Laravel.
1: Like, that's a great but, answer, I think, right? Because you're you're kind of scaffolding that data for the first time, probably.
0: Yeah. And and then like you maybe don't want your Covid reg- shot registration page to be on the main Laravel site because you might just tank the whole site because thousands of people are going to show up at one time, right? Like unless you <laughs> yeah. have a caching strategy all up to snuff, you maybe want. So you could
1: say remix in the front Laravel
0: in the back. That's just crazy just even. for these like high traffic bits. You know what yeah, I mean? Like sure. just so it just just so you don't tank yourself. I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen is you go down. So and and in a critical situation, like a pandemic. So (laughs) I think like, you know, I think the best thing you can do is, is try to, you know, think about it in those resilient terms, you know, Um, but you could spin up another Laravel site and whatever it does something. But uh, like, but what I'm, I think I'm getting at is like, I think there's, if you're building on top of something or integrating with something or a few things, Laravels or remix could both work. But, but I think there's a, little bit of uh i don't know i think there's there's a bit of nuance there and then i do hope kind of like the question asker, asker it's like do you think js frameworks will offer a similar value i do hope they like become more cmsy or more like back end servery i hope they become more servery So that's my hope for JavaScript in 2022 here. So
1: fantastic. Thanks so much for your insights, Dave, and for everyone who wrote in with fancy questions and stuff for us to. Thank y'all. Thanks, Chris.
0: And uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your of choice. Be sure to start our favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. I'm Ariana Grande in that weird
1: TV show. (laughs) (laughs) I brought this joke back. Hey, look at me. Uh, Follow us on patreon.com slash shop. (laughs) Discord.
0: I can't do it anymore. Uh, I'm sure there's other stuff y'all remember. Uh, Chris,
1: you got anything else? Sounds a little low, you know? Like instead of vocal fry, it's vocal guy or something? Yeah, it's kind of like (gasps) a vocal guy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. The director's like, just sound weird. What's your weird voice? Hey. hey. Okay, bye.